Hi, I'm Lily Sloan, and this is another episode of BFF.FM's In Frequencies, a podcast of varying length and schedule where we curate some fun, interesting, and heartfelt stuff that's happening at BFF. This season, I'm digging into our radio archives to share some terrific interviews with local musicians so we can stay connected to great art and each other in a time that challenges our hold on anything, even time itself. Remember March? April? When Shelter in Place went into effect, the BFF community rose to the crisis moment immediately to ensure DJs could keep recording and broadcasting their shows from home. It felt vital we didn't lose this ability to be a source of comfort for DJs, musicians, and listeners alike. DJs swapped photos of their blanket fort home studios, learned how to use software they'd never used before, and chipped in money to help those who couldn't afford it purchase microphones and other necessities for home recording. Bedroom to bedroom and broadcast to the world, you wouldn't know we were so isolated, music being such a connective force. By May, DJ Sweet Tea of Casually Crying was ready to take on the technical challenge of having a guest and musical performance on her show, the station's first since lockdown. Devin Lane, who releases music under the name Gentle Return, joined Sweet Tea over Zoom to perform some gorgeous songs from his 2020 album aptly titled, This Is Really Happening. And to add to this, there's a really, and I'm not kidding, beautiful and relatable drawing of a woman clutching her stomach and barfing up flowers on the cover. I love the depth and vulnerability of this conversation, but of course you can expect that on a show like Casually Crying and from an artist like Devin. Okay, here's Sweet Tea and Gentle Return. doing our first ever virtual interview and we have a very special guest local artist Devin from Gentle Return so hello welcome and thank you so much for joining us today thank you it's great to yeah be here. I'm super hyped that you're taking the time to virtually hang out with me via zoom and just kind of talk about music and how's your night how's it going how's your week been so far it's good it's good I'm excited to be on the show. I've I've been enjoying the episodes you've been doing lately. Aww. A lot of the good, a lot of good music to listen to, and I think it's a good time to be listening to new music. So trying to expand like what I listen For to. Sure. Yeah, week's pretty good. Week's cool, pretty good. Cool. Teaching lessons online, so that's fun. You know, it's good to have some like regularity to my schedule 100%. a little bit. And you said you teach vocal lessons and guitar lessons, or. Yeah, mainly I, I do mainly guitar. Then I have also like, you know, some piano students, some vocal students, some people that want to do like songwriting, but that's like more like the fun, the people that are into the things I'm into. That's a little yeah. rarer. And yeah, I got some drum students even too. That's really hard. Damn, I can't even imagine. <laughs> <Just like. laughs> yeah. And like there's some, a lot of them are kids too. So it's like compounded because there's already like a a big propensity to be distracted just in person and then like add on like the whole like virtual element and it's really exciting because there's a lot of things going on right like oh man yeah Yeah. drums are tough I grew up playing piano and guitar but I tried to learn drums like in my 20s and it was the most difficult thing I've ever tried to do it was I couldn't do it (laughs) 
Yeah, it's hard. Drums are so fun. Yeah. I love drums. Amazing. Um, would you like host an episode of the show where you are the guest? One hundred percent. You're gonna no. like show showcase your your tunes oh, on our show. No, that's just for me. You were mentioning about something about Julian Baker and how you feel there was like some inspiration or something going on. Love Julian Baker. Incredible oh, artist. My God, just like Julian Baker. If you're listening, thank you. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I, I mean, would I, die I got. If I, they were listening. I, I, got <laughs> I got a lot more to say, but the main thing I would like to say is thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot to say about Julian Baker. What would you like to talk about, Julian Baker? There's so many things to say. I was thinking about this album, Turn Out the Lights by Julian Baker, when I was like getting into the whole idea of like arrangements with like the songs that I have on this new record. Because I think like in quite a few different songs on the Julian Baker record, there's this like really creative way of using Julian's voice with like when she chooses to like layer it, when she chooses it to be bare, when she makes it super thick and when she makes it really just like intimate, you know? And like the dynamicness of how the arrangement works, it makes it feel so like, it's just so emotive, you know? Cause it's like, it's interesting. It like simultaneously sounds like one person playing and then also sounds like a full band. Yet it's not really a full band because it's mainly like Julian Lang. I mean, I don't know actually who plays on the record, so I could be wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure it's mainly just Julian's stuff um, playing. But yeah, also like the it's so interesting, like how sparse with percussion, especially in that song, which is that's what we were talking about during when we were listening to it was like, I feel like there's this huge drop in that song. And I feel like the temptation would have been to just lay on some huge drums. And it's not. It's just like these big guitars and these like tr- multi-track voices and it just makes it it's really kind of like daring to go for something like that i think with like an arrangement and a mix in a song to like here's it's so obvious this is the big moment here's the drop and it leaves a lot open so i feel like in that space i i just think that it's it's it's, it's really risky but i feel like that risk is like it lands for me and yeah. I, I, I think that's great. I loved that idea of like, how can I like question my desire to want to just layer a bunch of stuff and like maybe, I mean, uh, it's, it's a little harsh on myself, but like maybe like hide behind so many layers of like guitars or so many layers of drums or so many layers of this or that. And like, how can I like try to be more like vulnerable in the mix of the song or the arrangement of the song kind of like allow the like the core emotional like poignancy come across, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. No, I totally hear what you're saying with that track. Like, it could have been really different, but what she did was super impactful. And I think that registers. Like, I, I felt it too, definitely. Chills, like, every time I listen to that song. I've definitely casually cried to that song many times. <laughs> uh, we could talk about that, but the whole casually <laughs> crying, uh, that what that casually is all about. Oh, I got answers if you got questions. <laughs> yeah, I got questions, but, you know, I don't know. You know, you tell me. <laughs> I, I, I guess I don't want to, like, come in... And have not like listened to the whole like repertoire of the episodes and you've like talked about this a million times or something. But, oh, like, no. Go ahead. Yeah. What does it mean for you to be casually crying? Okay. Um, I've only talked about this one time, so no worries. Okay, and good, it wasn't good. even on this show. Good. So where the name came from is one day I was on Muni. I'm also obsessed with Muni. Muni is like Love my Muni. favorite thing. And I listened, like started listening to the new Mitski album while I was Great on story. Muni. Many great and... stories start this way. 
<laughs> and I was just sitting on the bus. Um, I can't remember what line it was. It was probably the one. And I just was like so absorbed in this album. And Mitski is such like an emotional, beautiful writer. And I just started crying on the was bus. It bury- was it Bury Me at Makeout Creek? No, it was uh-huh. uh Doesn't matter. Be the Doesn't Cowboy. Matter. Oh, is that- of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Be the Cowboy. Uh-huh. It was like her most recent release. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it was Come Into the Water, which is like halfway through the album that just like really got me. And I was just like sitting on Muni, just crying. Yeah, but Mitski <laughs> Mitski will do that to you. Yeah. And then I was talking yeah. to my friend Shina at the time about it, because we used to do the show together. And mm-hmm. I told her that story and she was like casually crying. And then that was the name of the show. Love it. It, attra- it, it it brought me in. I gotta say. Gotta say. And I'm so glad. And, you know, crying is also just not a sad thing. Like, I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm, like, stressed out. I cry when I'm upset. Like Hungry. And- exactly. You know? So <laughs> I feel like music has that effect, too. Like, yeah. makes you feel so many different things. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the tie-in. But anyways, enough about that. I'm very curious, like, how you got into music. How did you start making music? Is there, like, specific band that you remember that you were like, this is what I want to do? Blink-182. Hell yeah. Before that was Backstreet Boys. Yes, I definitely remember jamming out to that. Weird Al. My God. The New Yorker or New York Magazine or someone, I forget, who had just has just done a piece on Weird Al that's moving. Amazing. Damn. <laughs> so good like giving the like mogul of culture the respect that that they deserve it's like really well like communicates what weird al has meant for like weirdos and just for people in general and like one of yeah one of the first cds i ever had was i think weird al's running with scissors Mm. and i think like how strange is that that like parody is like the first things i remember being really passionate about with music not like the very first, but like it's early music that I was. Rem- I remember like there's a difference between like music that you're into and then like music that you've chosen to be into. You know what I mean? Like I just remember the early earliest bands for that. Like the earliest was probably Backstreet Boys, and then like the right along that same time was Weird Al. Like I really think it was like Weird Al Backstreet Boys was like my <laughs> like earliest music fandom. I love that. That's like such a great answer yeah. that I wouldn't expect, but. You know, like you go through phases in your life about like trying to like deny those parts a little bit. Yeah, totally. Or like, you know, because like you're afraid because it's not cool to say that in seventh grade or 10th grade or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm into punk rock or something. Yeah, else, you know what I right. mean? And like and like you adopt like a different like ethos or dogma or whatever it is. Like in the age I am now, I'm just kind of like, no, honestly, like that shit was good. And it meant a lot. Yeah, I love knowing the origin of where names come from. So where did Gentle oh. Return come from? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I like the shortest version of the story is it's sort of kind of like a like a meditation mind, mindfulness thing I was thinking about where like if you're like trying to sit and meditate and your thoughts go like all over the place that, that the idea is to like kind of gently return the breath or something like that, you know? So like coming home in a way and trying to keep in mind that like it's not it's not about like Oh my god, I'm so bad at doing this. Like I'm I'm horrible. Can't sit and like just focus on my breath. Like I'm going to go back to my breath. It's like the whole like the gentle part is like important. And I think that's relevant for me a lot just with the uh, just like in a lot of areas, but like with with like the music and stuff like that. I think about sometimes songwriting and just like creation in general is a good opportunity to kind of like re 
reorient myself, you know, and like come back to, yeah, just like, I'm trying to think of it as like a, maybe like an ebb and a flow, like, you know, like, I don't know, like being splayed out and like all over the place with like a bunch of different like things going on. And then like, kind of like trying to come back and center a little bit, you know, that's like one flavor of like the meaning of the, of the, uh, the name for me. Like I, it's got like a lot of different meanings at a lot of different times, but that's kind of like one, one aspect to it for me. I was curious what you felt like maybe the biggest challenge was when you were creating it or also like what the biggest success was that you feel like. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest challenge was, there's a lot of different answers to that question, but I guess the first thing I think about is like um, being, being like forgiving when working alone is, is really hard because I, I record most of it myself and that kind of stuff. It's interesting like how I th- I've started to like, I've changed a lot how I think about that whole process. Like I sort of think of it as like, everyone around me is like in the band kind of if that makes sense not to like be too metaphorical about it but like it's like I'm, I'm not I don't just like sit down it's just like comes out you know what I mean like the music is like inspired by like experiences that happen with like people in my in my like you know community and network and like when I'm working on something I'm usually talking about it to the people around me especially like friends of mine that are not musicians you know mm-hmm. and like asking for their it's interesting, like, just hearing their perspective on things that are, like, totally unrelated to music and, like, how that has helped and informed, like, my process with, like, recording and songwriting. So, like, the challenge part is, like, I think about a couple of particular sessions in mind come, in, come into my head when you ask that question about challenges is, like, I just have, like, a clear image of, like, one or two particular days where I was, like, six hours in to, like, working on recording a song and, like, trying to get it and just, like, not getting it and then just, like, going from this isn't currently sounding the way I want to like yeah fuck this whole project like this right it's like it's <laughs> whole thing it's not worth it it's not even that good like you know I'm not even that good at making music so just like forget about it and like what's the point you know what I mean like what's it worth and why do this why like why labor so hard over something like this you know and like suffer so much that's like kind of at the depths of it like and that's part that part gets kind of dark and so I think like the challenge was like recognizing when I started to hit the like diminishing returns kind of zone you know which is like relevant to like so many practices but yeah with like music and recording it's like you know if I'm trying to work on like getting the correct or not the correct like the 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 recording that I want of like something to like recognize when that sweet spot is and I've gone so many ways on like how much time to spend on something and I think in this project I kind of like reeled it back in from like reading and talking to a lot of other people who are like more experienced than I at like doing just, you know, recording music and that kind of stuff. And like talking to people like George Rosenthal at the complex or like just even like reading on social media, like friends in the Bay Area, like Bay Area music scene, like what their kind of process is like. And also like this magazine called K-pop. And I think I just like saw it like written one time, like the curve of like number of recording something and like quality and it's like, you know, one to three, pretty good. And then like after that, it just drops off. And then like at the after, it kind of like maybe goes up a little bit. And this is just like one one person's take on it that was in like this ma- the recording magazine. And then like kind of thought about that a lot after I had a couple of these sessions that were like pretty difficult where it was like just me in a room trying to record something. It wasn't working. And like, I think after that, I kind of like, oh, I only did like one take of each thing. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, uh I got a little bit closer to like, I just like dialed it back a little bit, you know? So I think like the struggle question is like, 
knowing how to effectively use my energy to like not accurately but like to like express the music in a way that I was like pleased with totally um, in the recording yeah definitely I mean it's like super impressive and I'm really happy that you pushed through those like hard moments because from what I've heard like I love what you've let me hear so far so can't wait to listen to the full album thank you of Appreciate course that. yeah yeah that's the whole it's, it's such a fascinating thing just like the different phases of like a project like that like I definitely was at a place maybe like a year in working on it to where I was like man I'm just not gonna put this out I'm not gonna do it you know it's like and I went through a phase two where I was like this is like bad to put out into the world I went through that as dark as that is not yeah. to get like super you know just, you know, I know we're casually crying, and so you know, casually dark. All emotions <laughs> like, are acceptable on this show. You can but totally I have get into a, it. a very close friend of mine that's not a musician that she's such a part of this record. I remember like I like had her come into the studio with me one time just to like be there. Just she was doing her own project, like working on something else that she was working on, and not even music, right? It was just like I forget what she was doing. She was studying for something that she had to study for, and just like having her there and like kind of working I remember just like saying to her at one point is like I feel like that I shouldn't put this like material out that it's like because some of the material on the record is like very dark for me and it's like there's a lot of stuff about like you know just like having struggles with like feelings of like inadequacy and like like a lack of self-worth and like panic attacks and like just kind of like existential crises type things and I remember thinking like man is this just like some like emotional garbage that I'm just gonna like splay out to like everybody else and my at the time my conclusion was like maybe I shouldn't put this out wow wow yeah so like I, I went through that and it was either like okay walk away or like turn it around yeah. with like how I think about it with how I was feeling about it and so I think when I hit that like valley with the record I had to like walk away for a while this is why it took so long I think like, I started working on this in like 2017 probably I think I had to I had to walk away for a while you know and just kind of like let it just kind of process in the background you know and like go about my life and do something else and then like when I came back to it a little refreshed I was kind of like oh there's some stuff here. This is good. You know, I could work on this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like music has the power to, you know, like make people feel not alone. So like, even though it's like really dark stuff that you might be talking about, you know, other people feel that way. And it, I, like, I feel like music is really helpful in that way uh, for me personally, too. So I think, I don't know, I think it's really great. Also, really loud siren going by. I can Sorry. Hear it right now. <laughs> Well, yeah. So anyways, glad you released it. Glad the album made it out. And it did. It made it out. Yes. I'd love to hear some music. All right.
three songs in the album kind of as a medley very cool very cool also what were the what were the names of those tracks so we can listen to them again oh yeah the the, the three names of those tracks are uh this is not enough waves of thought and i've got time i've got drive it's like it's the last three on the album so definitely you know go listen to the rest of the album one thing like a question i had on the back burner that i wasn't sure we'd have time for is just kind of about your creative process with like writing music because I feel like that's really different for everyone and I'm always curious to know. Like how do I write a song? 
Yeah, I don't know. Some people I feel like are lyrics first. Some people are melody mm. first. Um, mm. Or, you know, just like inspiration wise. I mean, you talked a little bit about taking inspiration from like life and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like it, it's it's different a lot of the times. But I think I think a lot of, you know, I, I often have a lot of things that are like guitar based first. I'll just be like playing around on my guitar, kind of just like noodling and then like kind of start just like singing something and then sort of like go from there. Sometimes it's lyrics first, you know, sometimes it's vocals first, just like walking around and singing something. And a lot of times it's just like, I'll kind of just like pop up on like my like computer and just press record and then just like start playing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'll just kind of like, I'll just like play as if I already like have a song that I'm just like playing, you know? And there's no song, you know, I'm just like making something up, but right. I'll kind of just like act as if I've like written a song and start just like kind of improvising and like recording it. And then I'll kind of end up like, meandering through a bunch of different things and like you know going through all this different stuff and then like i'll sort of like just like hit like a zone almost i feel like i call it that like just a little like area and then i'll be like oh there's like something something here and then like i might like stop listen back to it and then be like oh okay and then kind of like try to figure out what it is that is exciting for me there and kind of just like whittle that down yeah that makes a lot of sense especially having a recording to go back and be like oh i really liked that one piece what Mm -hmm. did i do yeah, it's useful. I mean, I've done plenty of different ways, you know, where I just like sit on a guitar and just write it like that, you know, but it's kind of useful just to, like press record and just like go, you know, what I think a lot of bands do too, when it's like kind of like jamming and you just press record and then like you've like figured something out and you go back and listen to it and be like, what was that? And then like <laughs> you can kind of like try to go back to the record and like learn it from there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I also wanted to ask you if you could pick anyone any artists in the bay area to collaborate with who would you want to collaborate with it's mm, a great question the first thing the first thing i thought about was the band plush uh-huh. oh um, so good yeah really good also like you know i love boy scouts i'd love to collaborate with them um steven steinbrink is in the bay area now love to mm-hmm. collaborate with them super talented there's like a lot of people you know like so many <laughs> yeah do like a juice pumps collab would be fun That'd be wild. I'm into it. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of people on the True Indigo label that I'm interested in collaborating with. Like It Has, who I played, and Rose uh, Rose Cheremy is super good. Yeah, any of those people. Most definitely endless options for sure. I don't know. This is kind of an unfair question, but do you have any track on the newest album that stands out as like your personal favorite? Oh, wow. You're asking me to choose which child is the favorite child. I know. Uh, I did say it was unfair. It is kind of unfair. I feel like parents aren't supposed to say that, right? You know? (laughs) You can also decline. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm really proud of how your smile turned out. That one felt really hard to, like, get the way that I wanted. And I went through a couple different versions. And I definitely benefited from the influence of some of my friends that I sent, like, earlier versions to. And one friend of mine in particular, Chris, really kind of became a champion of that song it just like it's like that's his favorite song of mine that that's what he told me at least from the record and when I was working on it I sent him like an earlier version of it that I was like okay I'm like here's like the finished version he was like I think you got it was kind of like you know from a place of like I I have faith that you that you can execute this more closely aligned to what the like the like core of the song is you know and so I like went back and like redid all the vocals you know and like remixed it and then like really pushed to like go uh I have uh, Amanda Salguero from King Willow come on and like do vocal harmonies and 
once like that came into place, it was like, oh shit, this is what it could be. You know, it was like kind of new that it wasn't what I wanted it to be, but I was sort of like at a loss, you know? And so I think I feel proud of that because that was like, that was kind of difficult, but it wasn't like too crazy, you know, like wild difficult. I like that song. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. They were so encouraging. That's really sweet. You're, you were like not going to follow through no, and then I, they pushed was, you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was not <laughs> into that. But in retrospect, I'm into it. That's a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat and come on the show and play music for us. It's been like so much fun. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks so much for having me. Find all of Gentle Return's music at gentlereturn.com, Bandcamp, or wherever you get music. The artists our DJs interview are really special, and so are our DJs. Sweet Tea has been part of our community since January 2018, and I wanted to hear more from her about what it's been like to record her show from home since the pandemic hit. Hey there, I'm Sweet Tea, and I'm the host of Casually Crying on BFF.FM. When I interview artists, I'm really interested in knowing their writing process, any obstacles they've faced, and the stories behind the music they make. Making a radio show during the middle of a pandemic and recording at home can be tough, but I'm really grateful. It keeps me searching for new music, which ultimately always gets me through tough times and it makes me feel connected to the people around me, which is really important to me right now. Tune into Casually Crying if you love sweet and dreamy jams, Bay Area artists, and occasional weird stories. Listen to Casually Crying on BFF.fm, Fridays 6am to 8am, or in the archives. This episode was edited and produced by Jonathan Sosa and me, Lily Sloan. Theme tune also by me. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen, leave a review, and follow this show on Twitter at InFreakPodcast. That's I-N-F-R-E-Q podcast. And discover more from our new podcast network at bff.fm slash podcasts. If you've got an idea for a show or you're already making one and want to join a community, or maybe you've got some skills and would like to mentor a novice indie creator, check out our application form. And thanks for listening. I hope you're finding all kinds of ways to stay connected and feel a little bit less alone these days. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.